0: Good morning, everyone. Um, So Genesis 3, um, I was studying this text, and um, it's just such a clear picture of how sin works works itself out in life. The picture of the fall of creation happens again and again to this day. There's nothing new under the sun, and were it not for God's intervention and initiative, it would be hopeless. So starting from verse 1, it starts off at this with describing the serpent as more crafty than any other beast. Um, and I looked up the definition of crafty and it means cunning and deceitful. So lessons from this verse is that sin comes to us in a cunning and deceitful way. It doesn't come with blinking red lights or scream at us saying sin is coming, but rather it's, it's um, deceitful. And so um, it looks appealing on the outside, but really it's something that causes much harm. So what does the serpent's cunning and deceitfulness take the shape and form of? Um, I think it comes in the form of the serpent asking if God actually said something. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And that is the beginning of the cunning. If Eve had known what God actually said, she could have put a clear end to the serpent's temptation, but she didn't. And then in verse four, um, and and then into that space of creating doubt, the serpent then goes on to say that it's not going to be as bad as God says. So then in verse 4, it says, you, sh- uh, you will not surely die. And in fact, he's actually holding a good thing from you. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And isn't this the slippery slope of how sin enters into our lives? Satan brings seeds of doubt then the thought that it's not going to be as bad, and finally that God is actually withholding something good from us. It all begins with the seed of doubt that the serpent puts into the mind of Eve, and because she doesn't have the wo- she doesn't have a good grasp on God's word, this one thought causes her to actually see the whole situation completely differently. Instead of Eve seeing the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil being something that is off limits to her, she begins to see as good for food, delight to the eyes, and that eating of the fruit is the pathway to, to wisdom. So temptations are all around us. Satan comes at us all the time. And are we familiar with God's word that we can combat the deceptive temptations of Satan? I think the second thing to note is uh, that thoughts are powerful. Just a little seed of doubt is presented before Eve and her whole perspective about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and God gets turned upside down. So be careful what we think and know God's word lest our perspective on uh, on God gets turned upside down. And
1: in verse 6 I just wanted to comment on the progression that Uh, leads to sin. So first Eve saw and the tree was a delight to the eyes. And one of the primary ways that causes us to doubt and mistrust God is through what we see. So we look around and cast desires upon things. We want stuff. We want that bigger home or car or space uh, or job security. Uh, So there's the seeing and then the desires grow and uh, taking and ending with giving to another. And so there's this progression here where at each step there is a chance to put a stop uh, to those tracks. So instead of seeing and desiring, she could have said, wow, in spite of what I see, I have more than enough from God. And that was when we went through Psalm 23, I have no one. And then instead of desiring and taking, she could have said, I need to talk to someone about these desires welling up inside of me. Instead of taking and then giving, she could have taken and then tell God, Lord, I have taken from the tree which you said not to. Instead of hiding from him and all of these things, if some time was taken to reflect on what happened to assess things in light of God's word, something good could have stopped going down this destructive pathway. And I think about for us, instead of one sinful step leading to another, it would serve us well to stop and reflect. What did I just do? What do I need to do now so I don't keep going down this destructive path? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to confess? And I think this can already happen as part of our journaling or reflecting over DT, so that we can put a stop to this kind of pattern and we won't be able to stop every sin, but we can prevent every sin from getting worse.
0: And then from verse um, 8 to 17, we see the consequences of sin. Verse 8, the man and his wife hid themselves. Verse 12, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Hiding and blaming enters into the picture. Prior to the fall, there was no relational tension, complete freedom, and ability to relate to God and one another. Wow, um, how wonderful of a state that must have been. But all of that changes when sin enters. There's hiding, shame, and blame that brings about tension and discord and relationships with God and with each other. And then in verse um, 16 and um, through 19, um, you know, Eve was created to be a, a helper suitable for Adam, uh, but now we see um, that uh, her her desires will be contrary to him, and he will rule over her. So this relationship, which was created by God, because He didn't want man to be alone, and uh, He knew that He needed a helper, are at are at odds with each other. And for Adam, he was given the responsibility to rule and have dominion over all of creation. God gave him that task. But that task now would become very difficult as the, as the very ground was cursed as a result of sin. So in pain, he will eat of it. And this is a far cry from the picture in Genesis 2, where whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. And this time, reading, this time around reading the text, it just explains so much of what, it, what I experience on a daily basis. The relational tension that I experience daily from hiding, the shame, the blame, having desires contrary to my spouse, the very ground being cursed, and the experience of um, pain when I work to get through just the day. And God never intended for the world to be like this, full of friction in relationships and in working the land, but sin entered. Um, this leaves us at a pretty dismal place, but God, just, um, God didn't just let the world be. And um, actually, towards the end of this text, we see the beginning of God's redemption toward, um, towards creation. Verse 21, it says, God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. So God provides garments of skin and clothes, clothes them with something more permanent than fig leaves that they sewed together for themselves. God begins the redeeming work and full redemption happens on the cross through the blood of Jesus.